there has been studies that prove that when you're wearing something that's uncomfortable, it overloads your cognitive processes. So it stops your ability to even think. So you think, oh, just I'm just throwing on something. I'm just trying to look cute. But you're not realizing that it has a negative consequence on your ability to process information, your ability to show up as the best version of yourself. If you just stopped and took a moment to really evaluate how you feel and how you're looking, then you end up being the better version of yourself. Well, that's Shakela Forbes-Bell, a fashion psychologist who thinks clothes could be the key to confidence. I'm Liz Earle and welcome to the Liz Earle Wellbeing Show, the podcast that brings you weekly wellness wisdom that you can trust. Well, to be honest, I am always just a little bit wary of getting stuck in a fashion rut. I think over the years, I've tended to wear pretty much the same things over and over again. Yeah, does that sound familiar? I guess it's because I know my body shape. I've not got such great legs, so I don't like showing anything too short. I'm slightly round in the face, so I opt for a scoop neck or v-necks that show a bit of maybe upper chest or décolleté, as we're supposed to call it. Not too much cleavage, obviously. Uh, Something with a waist always draws my eye, as I do have one of those, although I will admit to being partial to an elasticated waistband. Uh, And as for colours, well, living mostly in the rural West Country, I tend to leave black for my sharper city-style days. And I live mostly in various shades of neutral sludge, you know, maybe a pop of pink now and again to bring a a bit of colour to my skin. But, you know, if I'm really honest here, I think that bright colours and patterns do scare me a bit. And I'm also a bit of a hoarder, so I'm reluctant to try anything new when I well, I just seem to have accumulated so much. And I'm sure that all these thoughts that are racing around my head right now are exactly the sorts of concerns that Shakela hears all the time. She is a fashion psychologist and has written a brilliant new book called Big Dress Energy. Great title. And we, of course, think it's right to say, don't judge a book by its cover. But Shakela feels that the way we dress is a reflection of what's going on inside. You know, our style does tell the world a lot about who we are very quickly. But then that doesn't mean that the conversation about clothes is as superficial, perhaps, as it sounds. Far from it. You know, it should be empowering that we want to have the power to tell the world exactly who we are and then carve out the person we want to be. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So, Shakela, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Yes. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. My goodness, I'm looking forward to this. My whole family, when I told them I was coming on, they were like, oh my gosh, you're going to meet Liz. Like, they just. Oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely to hear. Well, I'm excited to meet you. And I was really intrigued to hear that in 2016, you became the first black person in the world to earn a master's degree in fashion psychology. I mean, yeah. big congrats. That's that's quite an achievement. So tell us why you felt the need to write your book then, Big Dress Energy, following that. Yeah, well, as many people would guess, you know, fashion psychology is a very kind of niche, like not really spoken about area um, of research. And I have always been interested in psychology from a very young age. You know, I was interested in the social aspect of psychology, why people do what they do, how people act in group situations, um, how people are influenced by various different external stimuli and what their actions and their decisions say about who they are as a person but when I went to university and I was doing my undergraduate degree it was very much focused on clinical psychology which I found to be to be honest incredibly boring and I (laughs) was always interested in fashion and style that's just something that captivated me as a as a young child but I was balancing Mm. that alongside academia and it wasn't until I got to the third year of my degree when I realized no there there is an overlap here the way we address ourselves the way we adorn ourselves it it's a decision and every decision that we make has underlying motivations and reasons and they have consequences how people respond to the way we are based on how we're dressed how we're aligned to certain groups based on how we dress how we feel about ourselves and how that um, inadvertently affects how we act and behave that is all psychology and I when Mm. I do my research in my third year I really embraced and understood that and in my third year of university as well it was always around the time of the first iteration of the Black Lives Matter movement and I was really moved by the situation that happened in the States with a young boy by the name of Trayvon Martin. Sadly he was killed by the simple fact that he was black and there were different media pundits going on and talking about how he was dressed and talking about his hoodie and as oh if he was dressed smartly if these young black boys would just be dressed smartly they wouldn't be seen as a target but at the same time we have the streetwear market that's booming you have all of these mm. white men in, tel- in Silicon Valley that have re- redefined the office um, dress code they're all wearing yes. their hoodies and they're seen <laughs> as champions yeah. so why do we see this change in behavior when one group of people are wearing this type of clothing and other people aren't? It made me want to investigate the intersection between race, clothing and first impressions. And there was just so much depth there. I just wanted to explore it further and further. And I had a quick Google search during a bit of an existential crisis in my third year uh, when it's time to, you know, get out into the world. And luckily I found the master's course at the London College of Fashion, which was psychology for fashion professionals. And it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. It was really a chance for me to stretch my wings and really explore this um, relationship between fashion and psychology deeper. And I couldn't believe that there was research spanning 50, 60 years of psychologists looking at clothing, looking at how it, it shapes us, looking at how it helps us make our mark in the world. And a lot of this research was just being kept in these stuffy academic papers that people (laughs) 
could not read, couldn't understand for want of trying, just couldn't get into it. And I thought this, this is just not fair. This research is useful. It's vital. So I set about creating my blog and just making this research digestible for the lay person so that they can use it in their day to day lives. In the introduction, you mentioned all of these different things and concerns that happen throughout our mm. lives when we're thinking about our clothes, how it can take us into different situations in our career, in our social lives, how our changing bodies, all of this has an impact on the way we navigate our daily lives, how we feel about ourselves. So we need to stop thinking of clothes as something frivolous, something we just throw on, something that's very superficial and start to rewire our brains to think of them and use them as a tool that is essential to really help us progress and really make our mark in in society. That's such an interesting concept. And I think some people might think, well, they're not necessarily interested in fashion per se, but dressing yourself then is less about the trends and more about your communication with the rest of the world to say who you are is that right yes I always say like it doesn't matter if you work in vogue or if you work in construction by the simple act of getting dressed every day choosing what you're wearing choosing what you don't want to wear what you don't want to buy what you don't want to participate in and what you do you are an active participant in the process of fashion you might not think of it but you know what you wear is transmitting us something about you we make first impressions in 0.10 seconds that's not enough Mm. Trying to say who you are, what you're about, what you like. No. So your clothes are sure. for you. So why shouldn't we all be more intentional about what we're wearing and what we're putting on to make sure that the messages that we're communicating are intentional and they're accurate to who we are? The way you dress, it impacts so many things that we might not be aware about. Even, for example, your level of comfort. Say, for example, you're wearing something like a sky high pair of heels or a really tight pair of jeans or spanks that are just too tight. There has been studies that prove that when you're wearing something that's uncomfortable, it overloads your cognitive processes. So it stops your ability to even think. So you think, oh, just I'm just throwing on something. I'm just trying to look cute. But you're not realizing that it has a negative consequence <laughs> on your ability to process information, your ability to show yeah. up as the best version of yourself. If you just stopped and took a moment to really evaluate how you feel and how you're looking, then you end up being the better version of yourself. So is this then about overhauling your well-being, not not just your wardrobe? I definitely think it's about overhauling your well-being and also taking control I think a lot of the times we look at these style guides and these trends and it's people telling us what we should wear I never tell you okay, this is what you look, this is this is how we should look, this is if you want to be cool, you know, it's not about that. It's about gaining a level of introspection, understanding what you need and utilising your wardrobes to give you that. There's an mm-hmm. interesting theory I talk about in the book, it's the theory of enclosed cognition. So I'll tell you a bit about it. So two psychologists, they got a group of participants together and they all told them to all wear a white coat. Now they split the group into two, they told the first group that the white coat was a doctor's coat. So the second group that the white coat was a painter's coat and then they got them to take a bunch of different tests, tests that were measuring their attention, their level of detail, their skill. They had no difference in their in their abilities, their academic abilities. But the group that was told that they were wearing a doctor's coat performed significantly better than the group that they were in a painter's coat. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible because it goes to choose that the meaning you ascribe to your clothes has an impact on the way you act when you're wearing them. If you're wearing this top, Liz, and that is your sexy, vivacious top, you're going to embody that and you're going to give that out when you go into the world. But if you're wearing a jumper and this is your 
ugly stay at home jumper that you don't like, you're going to embrace it. You're going to show that off. So you need to make sure that there is a connection between the meanings you ascribe to the clothes, the associations you have with the things that you're wearing and how you want to act, because it's going to change the way you think and behave, even if you're not aware of it. That's extraordinary. And on the subject of cognitive function, talk to me about dopamine dressing. This is an expression that I'm hearing in the media. Yeah, dopamine dressing has really taken off in the media. However, if you actually look at the scientific research about it, there's still more that needs to be done. So it's more of a concept that psychologists have come up with. So basically, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is processed in the brain when we're feeling happiness, when we're feeling joy. It's basically the psychology behind the saying of look good, feel good. We all know that when we wear certain clothes, when we're saying outfits, you just feel better, you know? We all have those outfits. So what psychologists have said is that okay so we know this feeling is happening when we're wearing certain clothes this is what's going on beneath the surface it's possible that this dopamine is being um, transmitted in the brain so how can we dress in order to get more of that dopamine high and essentially it's about identifying the pieces in your wardrobe that bring you joy but I Mm. think go a step beyond that identify all of the meanings of the clothes that you have I have certain clothes that make me feel confident I have certain clothes that make me feel calm I have certain and clothes that I use as a memory box so nostalgia dressing we all have those pieces like you mentioned you're a hoarder those pieces are probably Mm. very significant to you they remind you of a version of yourself that maybe you've lost or maybe a version of yourself that is very significant to you a part of your life that Mm. you still cherish that's a lot of the reasons why we keep these clothes sometimes when we lose our way it's good to step back into those clothes that remind us of the person we used to be or how far we've come or just bring us joy because they remind us of a time when we wore it and we had the best time ever if we place all of these meanings and values into our clothes they'll be able to positively impact our feelings and our moods and give us that boost that sometimes we need I think clothes are a very underutilized Mm. tool that we all have within you know a few steps in our wardrobe but at the same time we need to identify the clothes that make us feel pretty bad as well I have clothes that remind me of breakups clothes that remind me of embarrassing times in clubs I got rid of those because that's the version of Shakela that is is gone is dead and okay I like your I like your thinking I can just imagine so many listeners this yeah. weekend or whenever <laughs> are going to be rummaging through the wardrobe with a whole fresh pair of eyes. Yes, I think looking at about, things that's a fascinating way yeah, of looking at it. Don't just get rid of clothes based on oh this is not in season anymore. No, it's not about seasons mm. and trends. We all know fashion yeah. is cyclical. We all know things come back. You need to identify absolutely that yeah. bring that remind you of who you are at the moment and who you want to be and the person that you're no longer. If you have clothes that are representing a discontinued identity get rid of mm. them that's how you should be going through your wardrobe i tell you my charity shop is going to be very busy in the next <laughs> few days because i can totally off the top of my head think of so many things yeah that i do need to shed you know and having gone through a divorce recently and moved house and you know lots of different life stages i have held on to things maybe as a kind of security yeah and actually you're right there are things looking back I think that that was not a happy time when I was wearing that and it doesn't reflect how I am now so maybe I need to to give it to somebody else to to love instead I think so and I even think a lot of times as women we keep clothes that don't fit us anymore Mm -hmm. and my friends and family they're big they're big reporters of that they'll keep jeans oh I'll fit into it one day 
But you don't yeah, think one day. every time you open your wardrobe, you're being confronted with failure. It's something that you haven't achieved. Oh. You open your wardrobe, imagine every time you open and you feel that you yes. don't fit. You don't realize that's having a negative consequence on you. That, oh my goodness. That they don't fit. And that is fine. That's fine. We need to stop placing our worth and our values into these numbers and size. Instead of looking at all the clothes mm. that do fit us, that do make us feel good, you know, don't mm-hmm. hold on to those things because those clothes represent a discontinued identity. It's fine that you're no longer that size. Some of those sizes that these retailers use, they're not even real. They're fictional. Don't you notice yeah. that you're a size 12 in one shop, and then you'll be a 14 in another. And, yes. you know, and then you might just have all this sadness and this crisis. Oh, I'm different size. No, don't think about clothes based on the labels. Think about them from the feelings that they give you. And that's what I'm trying to get through with this book. That is so empowering. Talking about feelings, can colours affect how we feel? Do you have top colours for dopamine and mood? So... I have a whole section called Embracing the Rainbow and I really wanted to get into this thing about colour psychology because I feel like it's very misunderstood. A lot of the times when we see these pop psychology articles, they say, oh, wear yellow to make you feel good, wear pink. Mm -hmm. And there is some level of universality when it comes to certain colours and moods. So I did the collaboration with Stitch Fix as a personal styling platform and we did some research and we found that a lot of people associate pink with playfulness, yellow with with happiness and it's based on a theory called ecological valence theory and that basically says that we have these colors that we associate with universal objects for example pink a lot of people associate with that with like dolls and childhood toys based on you know antiquated ideas of femininity or we have yellow we think of the sun we have red we think of hearts or hot we think of blue we think of the ocean so based on those object pairings then we have kind of obvious emotional associations that we have with them so pink dolls playfulness yellow sun happiness so there is some sort of universality when it comes to how we think about colors but it does go a lot deeper than that there's a biological component as well so there's different um, psychological theories that talk about you know the wavelengths of color so at one end you have short wavelength colors then you have long wavelength colors so you have like blues like purples and greens versus like reds and oranges and yellows so there's studies that shows that the reds oranges and yellows they actually make you feel more aroused they raise heart rates they raise your blood pressure they raise you activate your nervous system so it does make you you know feel a different way it that's why people say, you know, when you're wearing red, you should wear that when you're going on a date because it makes you feel more aroused. It makes you feel more, you know, lusty. It makes Is it going to have happy. the same effect on our date or is it just the person who's wearing it? Well, of course, if you're wearing <laughs> something, you feel vivacious. You're going to feel like you're going to bring up the vibe in the date, basically. So it's like that. Oh, Asking for a friend, day. obviously. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, and even studies have shown that when athletes are wearing the colour red, even in team sports, in individual sports, they are more likely to win because it gets their blood racing, it gets them going. So we can use that kind of knowledge as well to help us, whereas blue has been shown to calm down the sympathetic nervous system, you know, make us more relaxed. So from that, we can associate that, you know, when we're wearing these colours, we feel calmer. So it's best to wear it when you're winding down, um, when you want to Mm. um, calm down and relax. However, what a lot of psychological research out there talks about, um, they don't understand the individual differences aspect when it comes to colour. As much as we can say that colours like red and yellow are associated with sun and happiness and brightness and arousal, we need to account for our personal relationship with these colours. So say, Liz, you were growing up 
you had a childhood bully. That childhood bully wore red every single day or wore yellow every single day. You have horrible memories of that, of that childhood bully. So you're going to have that negative association with that color. And that personal Mm. relationship you have with that color is going to override everything else. So that's something that we need to take into consideration as well. We need to understand our our personal relationship with it, any memories we have, our cultural relationship with it as well. So for example, you know, in different cultures, um, different colors have certain meanings, the language that we speak and how that impacts our relationship with color. You know, we have a lot of color sayings like green with envy, you know, like Mm. red hot with rage and blue Monday and how that is going to have an impact on how we associate color as well. So we need to take all of these things into consideration. And it's all about doing that thinking, engaging in that introspection, understanding how you feel when you're wearing certain colours and just exploring more. In Britain, we're just fans. I know I'm wearing black today, but we're fans of blacks and greys and neutrals. Yeah, I think it's important to step out of that, embrace the rainbow and understand that we might be missing out on a lot of positive, great emotions simply by embracing different types of colour into our wardrobe. I'm interested to pick up on what you say about using clothes to boost her how we feel particularly confidence Mm -hmm. especially if we might be feeling say in a particularly low mood and in that moment you know standing out from the crowd in a great color is perhaps the last thing we feel like doing how can we use clothes I don't know almost as an enhancement do we need to wear them as an armor or do we need to wear them as something that that propels us forward I think it really depends on what you want to achieve. And I think that's always what I would suggest. Identify what version of yourself do you want to put out to the world, how you want to feel. And then next step is to look at the things you already own and identify the pieces that you associate with those feelings, with those characteristics, with that version of yourself. But again, in the book, I talk about a lot of research, which you can use in combination with your with your personal like introspection that you've already done. So there's studies that talk about hiring managers are more likely to accept candidates when they're wearing blue. Um, shoulder pads have been linked to high levels of testosterone in men who are seen as being more broader shoulders so sometimes people associate that with traits like masculinity and in turn that can make people feel like more in charge more dominant you can look at other studies which talked about tailoring so there's a really cool study done by Karen Pine which basically said that when men were wearing made-to-measure clothing versus a suit that was just off the rack when they just picked up from a store people judged them to be more successful um, have higher resources, more flexible when he was wearing the made-to-measure suit. So maybe think about the suits you own that make you feel good. Pop down to the tailors, see if you can get it to look Mm. like it's made for you. Maybe you can make it more rich. Um, There's a lot of different studies as well that we can combine with our personal feelings to really get the most out of our wardrobe and to make sure that we're using our clothes so they can be an armor, so they can help us, you know, level up. Um, It's just all Mm -hmm. about getting as much information as you can and really getting to the nitty-gritty of how you feel every day when you're when you're getting dressed Mm. so do we then want to think about where we're going when we're getting dressed in the morning so what might be appropriate for example if we're going to a doctor's appointment or you know the head teachers called us in and we want to feel really assertive is that going to change perhaps the way we ought to be looking at the array of clothes that faces us in the morning yeah I in the book I really talked to like a a bunch of great um, collaborators and I spoke to an amazing woman Joan Entwistle who wrote the book Fashion and Identity and she made an excellent point to say that we are always 
fitting or hitting social norms. And by that, she means is that as much as we like to say that we have free will over what we dress and, you know, we dress according to ourselves, we don't dress according to anybody else. Sadly, we don't live in that kind of utopia that's free of all of these conditions. We all have to dress according to our social norms based on, you know, how, how what's appropriate for the place and the, um, the space that we're in as well. You know, I as much as I love my Trinidad Carnival costume that is just a bunch of feathers mm. and diamonds wow. I can't pop down to Tesco's wearing that you know I probably get thrown out of the place we need to take those things into consideration so as much as I'm giving you all these tools it's important I do acknowledge that we are doing it within within a box that has been you know these limitations placed on us in some countries and some cultures have more limitations than others but it's important Mm. that we can challenge these limitations where we can or work with them to the best of our advantage when we can't. So is there merit then in the age-old adage of dress for the job you want and not for the one you have so therefore you know should we be dressing the person we are right now or the person that we want to be um I think that's a great question and I think that there's studies that actually said there's we dress according to three versions of ourselves the person we hope to be the person we are right now and the person that we fear to be so the person we fear to be is the worst version of ourselves you know where we put on something old and grubby something that doesn't fit something that just makes us feel terrible the person we are right now is kind of the clothes that we you know those staples like you said you kind of wear the same things a lot a lot of the times we we don't utilize a big proportion of our wardrobe that's we're dressing for the person we are right now but it's important as well to acknowledge the clothes that help you be the person the best versions of yourself the idealized version of ourselves sometimes we might not always feel comfortable stepping out of our you know our routine and, and getting to that point so it's not always about you know dressing outside of the norm it's about a balance between the two identifying when it's the appropriate time to make that step um, when you want to level up or maybe even mix and match you know there's even items I talk about in the book which are like transitional objects those kind of those kind of garments that you wear that's a bit of a mix and match you know not so far from where you are right now but then it's something Mm -hmm. out of the norm that helps you to be the person you want to be as well um i think it's a really delicate balancing act but like i said every day don't rush it take some time to really think how do i want to feel how what do i want to project who do i want to be look at your wardrobe and dress accordingly really great advice shakela stay there because after the break i want to ask you about finding clothes that will really flatter a lot can happen in the next 3 years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. So welcome back. And I guess now the kind of million dollar question is how do we discover what shapes and what styles flatter us? Shakela, are there kind of some obvious do's and don'ts here? I don't think it's quite obvious, actually. I think I really, I'm not a fan of the the fruit salad dressing, you know, if you're an apple, wear this. Pear shape. I don't really like that. I, I think of it more as looking at your best spiff so we all mm-hmm. have bits of our bodies that we cannot stand and we have bits of our bodies that we love you know that's pretty universal so I always say look at the elements of your body that you really like and look at how you can dress in a way that highlights them if it's even something as small as maybe your wrists or your elbows or things like that you know just mm-hmm. in a way that showcases your best bits as well don't go to the trouble of you know like highlighting bits that you don't like or drawing the eye to bits that you don't like and there's a principle that I discovered as well when I was writing the book it's called the don't not can't principle so basically saying when you are not feeling great about your body, which we all go through those stages. Mm. We often say, oh, I can't wear that because I'm going to look fat or I can't wear that because it makes my arms look big. I can't wear that. Instead of saying can't, say don't instead. That gives you a bit more ownership and a bit more control over the situation. So instead of saying I can't wear that because I'm going to look terrible, saying I don't wish to showcase that area of my body today. So instead, I'm going to wear this or instead I'm going to showcase this aspect of my body. So it's about reframing it in the light that talks about the elements of your body that you like. And I think it's really important to understand that this is something that's so personal. You know, there's studies that say that when people wear tight form fitting clothing, it makes them feel and love their body even more. It shows them they're embracing their body like they're taking up space for other people it can feel like their body is being showcased in a, in a way that's allowing more people to judge them and they feel like baggier clothing helps them to you know not have so many external yeah. views on their body but it's really about understanding how it works for you for me it's the tight clothes it's the bright colors it's the things that draw a lot of attention to the aspects of my body that I like but that might not be the same for other people so really taking the blame out of it stop listening to all of these rules and these do's and don'ts mm-hmm. all of about really getting that introspection you know understanding how you can utilize your clothes to really showcase those parts of your body that you love but a lot of it is goes in hand in hand with reframing the way you talk about your body as well self-talk really goes in a lot into the process of how we're getting dressed every day because we can talk ourselves out of something that we just don't 
that that could be beneficial for us as well so maybe if we change the way we talk we can change the way we think about something and maybe embrace the confidence to wear something that we might have shied away from for, for so long so is this ultimately about having a better relationship with our bodies i completely agree i think a lot of times when we talk about body image we don't realize that we spend almost i would say like 90 percent of the time in clothes we can't talk about body image without talking about the clothed body you know we're not a nation of nudists we all have to wear clothes <laughs> and the way we dress definitely impacts the way we feel about our bodies we all know this if you're wearing an unflattering piece of clothing you're going to feel like the body underneath is, is just as unflattering um so you know you have to think about how your body looks in it and how you're happy with the way it's appearing because that is going to have an uh impact either positively or negatively on your body image which as we know can have such a devastating impact on your overall mental health and mental well-being so as much as people think oh you shouldn't care so much about 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 um, showcasing your body or, or really thinking about how your body's showing up in your world I think that's absolutely ridiculous because that is going to have a very very significant impact on on the way you feel and your overall well-being mm. so once we do identify what bits we love and want to highlight and the, the shapes and the stars that suit us you know should we always be sticking with them so for example you know I'm sorry coming back to the old fruit salad but I am <laughs> pear-shaped and I do tend to go for skirts and dresses cut on the bias that are a bit more flowing mm -hmm. should I be happy to stick with that or should I be challenging myself to push in a slightly different direction I think of course I think everyone should always be challenging themselves to find different things I think when we dress according to like a signature style sometimes I think we're robbing ourselves with the opportunity to explore different things you might be happy with those flowy skirts or things like that maybe you can try in different colors um with different mm. with different textures you know with new mm -hmm. brands that you've never tried explored before maybe they use different materials maybe you identify with those brands that can make you feel good when you're wearing these skirts even if it's in a style that you're you know used to there's ways to um, really embrace novelty and embrace newness within a level of comfort that you're used to as well um, so I would definitely say explore but you can explore within the realm of you know how how something that makes you feel good or it's really interesting hearing you talk about color because I know maybe it's a generational thing but there was a time when everybody was quote getting their colors done mm -hmm. and walking around the shops with a little swatch of colors and they would only buy things from this palette and it was very specific it had to be this particular shade of green and not the other one what do you think about that is there any truth in that I mean has that been shown to improve mood and our confidence in dressing I haven't looked into that because I think it's something that's very separate I think there are like the stylists and people that can just identify certain colors that maybe they perceive as being better but again I think that's down to your personal perception of what's good I can wear a certain color and I think it could look amazing on me but then a stylist could think <laughs> no yeah that's not that's not for you that's their perception and that I can choose to either embrace that or not but I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of that decision as well that's why I say yeah mm. you can listen to stylists you can get your colors done that's fine but it needs to be in tandem with fashion psychology with that deeper understanding of okay this decision has been made and I've decided to embrace this how's this making me feel how do I feel about how it's looking is this in line with the version of myself that I want to be all of these questions need to be addressed and answered um, so 
so you can feel confident and you can really embrace the full power and effect of what you've decided to wear. And how about adapting our style as we age then? So how much or not should we be actually looking at current trends and fashion? I know that a lot of my listeners, the majority are probably midlife women and and beyond. Is something that fashion and, and trends are still relevant here? I think that trends will always be relevant. You know, as humans, we're social creatures. We have an ingrained need to feel like we want to belong. And so trends have been shown to increase your level of sociability. It makes you feel like you're part of the current cultural zeitgeist, that you're part of the moment. So we're always going Mm. to be wanting to adhere to trends. But like I said, trends come, they go, and then they come again. And as you get older, you realise that. Even I, I'm only 29, but I've seen a stuff that I've had when I was younger that's come back to fashion and I'm so grateful that I managed to keep on to them something yes. go and it's annoying but a lot of the times when I've spoken to older women one thing they said is that when you get older you just stop caring what other people think and I think that's a big thing that holds people back from dressing in the way that will truly bring them joy because they are really hooked on those external perceptions or maybe the position they are in life or their career or they're still finding themselves so it's hard to really dress in a way that's maybe will bring you more joy or make you feel a certain way because you're bound by those external perceptions and when you get older mm. so what I've heard is that you just care less so it should be more freeing and you should be able to either jump on trends or not or wear it just in a way that's more expressive but as I mentioned mm-hmm. we do live within the bounds of society Society tells us that when you're a woman and you dress the same age, then it starts being mutton dressed up as lamb. Oh, it's too young for her. Yes. And as much as we want to say, oh, just don't listen to that. It's hard. It's hard not to entertain. Of course you do. Of course you do. We have the media, we have breasts, we have all these types of images, you know, not a lot of advertising dedicated to women as they get older. It makes you feel that once you hit 30, it goes downhill. I even tell myself, oh, it doesn't matter, but I'm having that stress too. So what, how how do we need to combat that? is you need to do that introspection you need to start thinking more about what makes you feel good because at the end of the day that is what's most important yes consider how you're going to fit into a certain social situation consider the messages that you're giving off but ultimately consider what you're wearing and how it's making you align to the most comfortable version of yourself the best version of yourself and how it's just ultimately making you feel good I'm just going to pick up there on your point about feeling relevant, because I think as particularly as women age, there can be a tendency to feel irrelevant and unheard and invisible and unseen. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I've gone to you know committee meetings, for example, and there's a group of older women, if there is a woman there who is in you know something that's clearly on trend and you know or on fleek, I think as my <laughs> girls would say, and you know it is looking super sharp. Yeah. I think automatically there's probably a subconscious bias in my head that's thinking, well, she's smart, you know, she's savvy, she's she's watching it, she's with it, she's, you know, her brain is going and she's somebody to, to, to watch and respect. So I guess there is a, a, a case, isn't there, that we should stay relevant in some way with, with fashions and trends, even if it's just accessorising with something, that that could perhaps 
conversely, lift our mood and make us feel more relevant. If you're not feeling particularly relevant and, and confident and invisible, perhaps look at what you could add into your wardrobe that would make you feel so. Exactly. I, I completely agree, Liz. Like, that's a great point. Like, like I said, people think positively of those that are dressed of the moment that feel like they're more part of the cultural zeitgeist as well. There's even an interesting study that when people are, it's called clothes make the man. And it essentially found that when someone is wearing something that's slightly out of the norm, even if it's like a suit, but with like a red tie or like a bright yellow pair of socks that makes them um that makes other people think of them as someone to watch out for you know someone to respect someone that's a leader Mm. as well so yes it's great to add your own flair to an outfit stand out a bit but also as well yeah you you do there are positive benefits to jumping on certain trends that doesn't mean you need to go out and you need to jump on air spend all your hard-earned money on certain trends we all because fashion is so cyclical as much as we think that we don't, we all have things in our outfits that is going to be trendy and of the moment. It's just about identifying those pieces and working them into your outfit in a way that just still feels unique to you. doesn't mean you need to take every single outfit out of a magazine or out of a post on Instagram and just adopt that. No, because then that wouldn't be authentic to you and your true self. It's just about being a bit more fun and a bit more free and a bit more thoughtful about the way you're dressing every day. And yeah, if you do feel like you want to be relevant, you want to stand out, use your clothes as a tool, especially if you're shy. People don't notice about me, but I'm sometimes really shy when I go into big rooms. I don't want to talk. So on those days, I wear the biggest earrings I'll wear the brightest blazer that I have. And you know what happens? Oh, that's really nice. Oh, where'd you get that? And I invite the conversation towards oh, it's so, much so clever. Yeah, than having to that's go so up clever. to someone. I wear yeah. conversation starters when I'm fearful of starting the conversation. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh, thank you so much, Shakela. That is just brilliant. You have given us all so much to think about. I have learned a lot personally and I now I just know I'm going to gather a lot more confidence in dressing now as I'm sure many of those listening here will also. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. Thanks Liz. Okay, so it sounds like I do need to have a little think about what I've got in my wardrobe. And actually, I was just thinking about that. I did a yoga class this morning and I was dressed in shades of grey, I think because I wasn't feeling very confident and I wanted to kind of hide away in a corner. And then this lady walked into the class and she was in black, but she had the vibrantest shade of neon orange as a throw over her shoulder. And I can remember thinking to myself, ooh, I don't know who you are, but you look like fun. Maybe I'll go and chat to you after. So interesting. And just one last point, actually, I'm going to mention this to my lads who are big football fans. I'm wondering whether Chelsea should perhaps change their strip if uh, blue is for the slow coaches and red makes you run faster. Maybe that's something if we see Chelsea and Arsenal on a pitch that we should bear in mind. Anyway, moving on, if you are wanting to find that perfect accessory, perhaps, to finish off your outfit, I should just mention here and give a quick shout out to the Lazelle jewellery line. You may not know about this, but my favourite piece at the moment is the Neroli necklace. And I love Neroli. It's an amazing flower. It's the symbol of fidelity and love, which is why orange blossom has been traditionally strewn at weddings, around brides or woven into garlands and bouquets. And when I designed the Neroli necklace, I actually designed it to be a botanically accurate reflection of the orange 
blossom flower, the beautiful flower, rather than just a sort of blobby squiggle. Anyway, you can find that range currently with a generous 30% off, I gather, from my team on the Neroli necklace. So uh, there's no code required for that. You just have to go over and have a look at lizellejewelry.com. And of course, if you want great articles and more recipes and ideas for the weekend ahead, if you're listening to this on a Friday or at any time, there are lots of great things over on the lizellwellbeing.com website too. I'll be back next week to explore the effect the menopause has on our metabolism. So make sure that you're here for that by following the podcast on your app. That way, all new episodes will drop into your device as soon as they're available. And in the meantime, of course, if you'd like to say hello, perhaps tell me a bit about your own relationship with clothes. You can do that on social media. You'll find me at Lizelle Me or the team and me at Lizelle Wellbeing. So until the next time we chat, go well. Bye bye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Productions, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S O L D E J A N E I R O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.